Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers and mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. Welcome. As I said, my name is uh, Femi. I, I am. Um, some of you are wondering why am I the one speaking, right? Because I've been married now for for nine years. Um, but I used to be a. I used to be single. Believe it or not, I wasn't. I didn't get married from birth. Um, that may that may have that may have been nice. But but we're doing this event. Um, Partly because it's not just as a church you should be doing singles events. That's what churches do. There is a huge reality that we have, I think, in, the, in this country. I mentioned this last year. In this country, in this city. And here's the reality. So for one, Nigeria is projected to be the fourth largest country by 2050 in the world. And it's projected to be the third by the end of the century. Now, by the end of the century, Lagos is projected to be the largest city in the world. You think Lagos is cramped now. We have 21 million people. Well, Lagos is projected to have 100 million people at the end of the century, first city to do that. Right now, depending on the estimates that you see, over 60% of our population is under the age of 25, 66 under the age of 35. Now, if you couple that with the fact that People are getting married a lot longer than 30 years ago. The average age of, of guys getting married is about 33. The average age of ladies getting married is about 29, 30, at least in this city. I don't know if you're good at math, but there's only one thing that equates to. We have an abundance of singles in the city of Lagos. Now, if being single also means that you have certain challenges certain um, issues that you face that other people don't have. And so this initiative really is about addressing those things from, because we're a church, from a biblical and a Christian perspective. And so that's why we do it. Now, when I'm talking about singles, as uh, B.A. and Tedu pointed out, we're talking about people who are currently unmarried, but according to societal norms, um, have gotten to the age of eligibility for getting married. And you know some of these people. Well, you met two of them already. One is Nosa Alexa, this 27-year-old uh, guy who is very, very assured about himself. He's obviously had a number of relationships, almost all of them, incidentally, in church, right? Um, and then he has a lot of wisdom, some of it self-taught, but some of it he learns from the great philosophers like what you get on BB Niger and Kiss Daniel. <laughs> but you also met Funke Siri. And she is a 36-year-old, already established, accomplished lady. She's doing very well in her career. And when you meet her, she seems um, very confident. For the first time when you meet her, she comes across as very confident. At least she portrays herself to be to onlookers, onlookers like Nosa. But if you allow her to speak long enough, you start to see that she's actually a bit confused, probably even a bit desperate. 
because her biological clock is ticking very, very fast. What you look and see, if you look at both of them, is that they look a bit unsettled. I don't know, can you identify with any of them? Is that your situation, being unsettled? Right? I didn't expect any of you to raise up your hand because one of the things I've learned about singles is their experts are pretending. <laughs> but what we see is that singles are, um, though you, make, you come in different shapes, sizes, your makeups are, uh, um, your experiences, all of those things are, are, the, are different. But at the same time, most times your issue is the same. One of the things I've learned about talk, uh, I've learned in talking to and observing singles for some time now is this. Singles don't like being single. In fact, many singles are miserable because of their singleness. Amen, somebody? <laughs> I didn't think so. All right, now, but so in, in, we want to address this issue of uh, being single, settled, or not settled, and we're going to have two talks today, after which we'll then have a Q&A. So in the first talk, we're going to talk about why too many of us aren't functioning at I would say our best capacities are singles. I think it's because of a life, it's a, because of a label and a lifestyle that we've adopted. And then in the second talk, we'll look at more practical steps on how we can um, live a better life as a single and actually see our potential unleashed. All right. So the first talk is we could not just call it single and settled. All right. First talk. Now I want to read a passage of scripture for us to start. Is that okay? All right, Genesis 4, if you brought your Bibles. Actually, if you brought your phones, just open to your Bible. And you did bring your phone. Genesis 4, 10 to 17. We're reading from 10 to 17, Genesis 4. All right, so the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse driven from the ground, which, is op which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You'll be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. Go to verse 16. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain made love to his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. If I was to ask you, what are the three certain things in life? Three certain things, the things you can be assured these things will happen. Three certain things in life. All right, you guys are brilliant people. Help me. Three certain things in life. Death. Somebody said taxes in Nigeria. <laughs> we know we have a law, but if we start asking, how many of you pay your taxes? Let's not get into that. Death, someone's saying death, okay. What else? What? Death, what, and marriage? Death, birth, and marriage. I mean, you know. Weather. Weather, saying weather, is, that's, that's like saying people. No, I mean... Things that happen. Death, yes, I agree, death. Betrayal. Betrayal, ah. Where does this psychoanalysis start from? Okay. How about growth? Change. Change is constant, isn't it? Right? All right, so death, change. What else? Birth. Uh, no, 
family, not everyone gives birth. Guys don't give birth. I hope you know that. Well, in this new world that we're living in, it depends on who, who is a guy. No, you guys are missing, you're missing something very obvious, and I'm quite, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm surprised. Death is one of the certain things in life. Um, change is one of the certain things in life. And then the third thing that is certain, uh, growth and change together. But the third thing that is certain in life is this. When you're, event when you're single, eventually somebody is going to ask you, when are you going to settle down? Have you not been asked that question? I was asked that question. If you've not been asked that question, your singlehood has just started. Right? But some of you are veterans in being asked that question. You know what, what happens is essentially you go to a party, your friend is getting married. All right? And I know some of you are already tired of being on bridal trains and all of that, you know. But there's no way you can refuse, right? So and this one, this friend is not, you are not actually buying the dress. Because you know, some of those things are so expensive. They are, you are getting your dress paid for. The makeup is paid for. And so all guys, you are getting your suit made up. You know, all the, the whole um, photo shoot before. You guys are looking happy. Yeah. <laughs> you are supposed to be happy for your friend. You are saying, God, when is my time going to come? But then they've done the whole thing. You guys have danced. Um, you guys have taken pictures. You've eaten. And you are very tired at some point towards the wedding. And then you sit down. And when you sit down, just a bit tired, you need a little bit of peace. That's when Auntie Lola comes. <laughs> Auntie Lola now comes and says, ah, ah. <laughs> Beauty, how are you? <laughs> Auntie, I'm fine. <sighs> wow, it's been a while I've seen you. But I heard you have a good job. Yeah. Is that your car outside there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Beauty, you know it's coming. <laughs> when are you going to settle down now? Now, the first time you hear that question, it's new to you. So, well, uh, Auntie Settle Down, what do you mean? And then you go over this long uh, thing. She explains what she means. By the fifth time of hearing that question, you know what? You've, you've become an expert in knowing how to smile something away. You know what they mean? Auntie, so when are you going to settle down? <laughs> Auntie, uh, uh, thank you. Uh, yes, you, don't, you smile it away. You, you sort of smile the thing away so that, you know, you... That's uh, the fifth time. But weddings are plenty in Lagos. Because if you have many friends, you know what that means? You have many weddings. So it gets... By the time it gets to the tenth time, you are done with smiling. At this point... It's only the love of God that restrains you from saying what you like to say. But you move from the smile, and then you get to a frown. A frown that get you, Auntie Lola will make no mistake about what you are talking about. Like, this kind, Auntie, like, don't even go there. But anything after the tenth time, you just, whatever you say at that point, you figure, look, there were ten commandments and I've obeyed all 10, I didn't do anything. Whatever I say to her at that point, God no go vex, you know? When are you going to settle down? The thing about even the phrase, settle down, presumes that you are not settled. That is, it presumes that your life, the, the, the sum total of your life, has lost a kind of equilibrium that is needing some kind of steady state. So you are in a place of lost equilibrium, and something needs to happen to you that eventually is going to make you what? Settle down. 
But then you think to yourself, as you ask these questions, and some of you are thinking this, why do I keep asking this question when I have a good job? I have a good car. My bank balance is not the greatest, but my bank balance is, is not too bad. Some of you would even say this question is ridiculous because I'm in a good relationship. Not married. But does that mean I am not settled? Why is this woman bothering my life? Except the problem is that woman is not your only problem. Society in general, even Lagos here that would say uh, we're supposed to be modern, we're supposed to be progressive, we're supposed to be more thoughtful. But even here, society in general thinks that an unmarried person is an unsettled person. Maybe because with marriage um, comes the expectation that you'll be staying at home, that you'll be responsible for a person and a person be responsible for you. Or maybe with marriage comes children. And now, you know, you can't just go out and leave. So the fact that you finish from work and you go home, nobody sees you until the morning, it sort of implies that you are settled. And so when people see you gallivanting around town, no matter what you've achieved, they say, look, this person isn't settled. You need to marry. So what do we think the Bible says about all of this? Well, I want us to look at this old story about Cain. Cain is, according to the Bible, the very first child that we have because Adam and Eve weren't giving birth to, right? So Cain is the very first child that we find in the Bible. I'm not going to go too deep into this passage, but I just want to say some things. Now, he has just murdered his younger brother, right? His younger brother, Abel. He's murdered him out of jealousy. So in verses 10 to 12, this God is now coming to him. God is confronting him, right? What is this thing that you have done? Is it like you don't know? Your brother's blood is calling out to me. And then after, blood, uh, God curses him. Now, notice what it says about the curse of Cain. It says that he will be a restless wanderer. A restless wanderer. In other words, you can use the word, you can turn the word restless and think he will be what? An unsettled wanderer. Cain will be wandering, wandering from place to place, because he is restless. Why is Cain restless? Or when he says Cain is wandering, where is he wandering from? Or where is he wandering to? Well, I think the Bible tells us exactly where Cain is wandering away from. Listen to what it says. Today you are driving me from the land. I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Verse 16. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence. In other words, the life of Cain is going to be characterized by restlessness. But that restlessness, as we see, is going in the direction of away from God's presence. If Cain is going away from God's presence, right, that's what he's saying, he's going somewhere, right? We know where he's going away from, but where is he going? If he cannot get the thing that he was having in God's presence, he has to go and look for it somewhere else. So the first thing we hear about Cain 
is that he starts to wander away from God, and then he goes, he says, he made love to his wife. So Cain wandered away to a wife, marriage. And then it seems like that isn't enough for Cain. And so after the wife, Cain has children, a son. And maybe he thinks that was going to satisfy him. But it didn't. And it tells us that Cain was, at the time, building a city. So maybe it is not my wife. Or maybe it is not my son that would eventually get me out of this state of restlessness. I know what it is. It's going to be my work. I will start to build a city. And so Cain tries to find the restlessness in work. And it seems like he can't really find it there. You see, because when you are building a city in ancient times, the reason why you actually started to build a city was so that people will be able to say certain things about you. The person that builds a city becomes legendary. There's something about your reputation there. And we see this because even though Cain doesn't name the city after himself, this son that he was trying to find the rest in, and he thinks that it's not really him, eventually Cain starts to find, name the city after his own son. The reputation still comes to Cain. It is the son of Cain. So he couldn't find it in his wife. He couldn't find it with his son. He couldn't find it with his work. So Cain figured, I'll find it in building a reputation for myself. All the while, because of the restlessness, the unsettledness, he's looking for other things to be able to help him get to the steady state. If I reach the destination of work, if I reach the destination of children, if I reach the destination of having a reputation, maybe then I will be settled. And you know, Cain is like a lot of us. What do we do? Well, we start off, many of us would think that I'm unsettled because I am unwealthy. You see, an unwealthy person is unsettled. Only if I reach the destination of wealth will I then be settled. Some of us is actually a lot worse. Your biggest problem is that you have no social media influence. 850 people you are following, 25 people following you. I mean, how can you live? Live with that. So you start telling people your, your, your tagline after you put your name is, follow me and I'll follow you back. But why? So you're unsettled because you have no influence. But if I finally reach the destination of social media influencer, if I become a social media influencer, I know I'll be settled. I will now no longer be restless. While some of us, our problem is that we have a bachelor's degree. But everybody has a bachelor's degree. I'm unsettled. You know, you, you, you can't even say it again. BS, you know, you, I need another, you know, you want to put Femi or Shunui. BS, nobody even says that. Right? But you then put, when you just put M, you know, the M already implies that there's a B. You don't even say BSC. You're no longer, in the 90s, people say BSC, M. Nobody does that again. If you've gotten the highest degree, you just put the highest degree there. That implies. So if you have a PhD, you just say PhD, because that implies that I got an MSc, 
And it, so now you're unsettled because all your friends, all the people in, at work, the ones that are getting the promotion, they all have BS, uh, they all have master's degrees. And you only have a bachelor's. So the problem, the reason you are settled, you figured, is that I need to get a master's degree. If I only just get to that destination of a master's degree, everything will be settled. Some of you have figured out that's actually not. You see, all those top three, they're all because of a problem. The reason I'm unsettled is because I'm in this Nigeria. Nigeria is my unsettled. That is why I'm, I'm unsettled. If only I can get to a destination like something beginning with a C. Canada, that's it. Canada will settle me. Amen. Some of you have already put in your application. I bind every application. Ah, that one. Do you want to leave this place just for us? If I can get to the destination of another country, I will be settled. And of course, there's still one more. Some of us, the issue is that we feel because we are single, as the proverbial saying is going, why are you, when are you going to settle down? If only I can get to the destination of marriage, then I will be what? Settled. But I want you to notice something in Cain's story. Why was Cain unsettled? Was it because Cain was, he didn't find the right destination? Notice what the text says. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. And then Cain himself says, I will be hidden from your presence. I will be re a restless wanderer on the earth. And then the Bible finally says that Cain was what? Cain went out from the Lord's presence. Cain went out from the Lord's presence. Guys, the problem of restlessness is not about your destination. It is about your direction. The restlessness of Cain did not happen because of what Cain did not have. The restlessness of Cain happened because of where Cain was moving away from. He was moving away from the presence of God. The problem is not one of destination. The problem is not one of what you don't have. The problem is where you are facing. You see, a lot of times, and this is what the Bible teaches, and I think this cannot be refuted, is that someone once said, Lord, a, a wise um, uh, um, um, church father of centuries ago, he says, Lord, you have made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. You see, we were created by God and we were created for God. The problem is when we look for our rest, our purpose, our design in something that that God has created, apart from that God, you will always be restless. You will always be unsettled. One of the things that he's created is the issue of the institution of marriage. A wonderful thing. I'll talk about that later. 
But anytime you think that, well, I've got God somewhere at my back, and I want to eventually get married to being settled, you know what's going to happen? You will not be settled. In fact, it will only show your lack of being settled. And imagine two people who are unsettled. But imagine themselves that when they find each other and they come together, they will eventually be settled. What do you think is going to happen? Well, if you get two unsettled people together, I know you guys know math, right? If you get minus one and minus one together, if you add them together, what does that give you? So they are in a worse state of unsettlement than before. This is why a lot of marriages are the way they are. Our big problem is that many times we are walking away from God. Now, I know what's happening. Some people will say, Femi, you see that story about auntie, I figured it out. I figured it out. I love my singleness. I am not, I don't have this problem that you're talking about. I'm very satisfied with my singleness. I know you are talking about the person on my right. Turn to the middle on your right, say he's talking about you. Now, if that person hasn't slapped you, turn to the person on your left and say he's talking about you. Put it out. I ain't got no problem. Well, let's see whether or not that is true. Let's diagnose that. And I want us to diagnose that, and we'll use that to almost close. But I want that to uh, just to end first. But I want to diagnose that with six different ways to know whether you are actually in a place of restlessness. All right, first one. How often are your prayers towards God filled with genuine gratitude about knowing him? I'm not saying when they preached about gratitude in church on Sunday, what happened? How often do your prayers start? And I'm not even saying whether I say, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this is a day that you have made. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory, honor, and praise, and adoration. You know those things that you know already. Even if, even if you have Alzheimer's, you can just say it. Until you quickly get to, Lord, my condition. Lord, ah, if you would just, you know, enlarge my course, Lord. Or did they still say enlarge my course? No. You guys, you know that. Because that was a 90s thing, and I know some people at the back there, they are the ones that know it. But you guys here. Yeah. You still, you still enlarge. God enlarge my coast. Or oh, Father, my enemies. You know your enemies. Some people, the biggest problem in your life right now is your enemies. Right? And so you do all that thanksgiving as a formula to quickly get to what is really important for you. My job, my this, Father, lift me up. For promotion does not come from the west, neither does it come from the east. You know? How often are your prayers genuinely filled with the gratitude that you are known by God? By that I mean, the reason I say that is this. If it is genuine, it's because your relationship with God matters more than anything else. Be honest. Right now, I'm not telling you to write it on a sheet of prayer. Just be honest with yourself. Nobody can see your heart. How often are your prayers like that? And I hope you can actually think about the prayer that you made today, if you made the prayer today. If you didn't make the prayer today, then you know what I'm talking about already. You are even in a worse case, a worse state. How often do you start off 
saying, God, though I don't see you, I can see, ev- I can see you in everything. The mere fact that I can start talking to you, the mere fact that I'm allowed to say this, the mere fact that you've revealed yourself to me, I know so many of my friends that you haven't, that do not know you. The mere fact that all of that is happening and I'm here, your child. The mere fact that I know that I'm secure with you in eternity. That matters most. How many times do you think in that way? Is God an end in himself or he is just a means to a particular end for you? And how is that expressed in your prayers? That should let you know whether or not you are in that place of restlessness. Second, how often are you filled with anxiety at the thought of never getting married? Is it even a thought that you can entertain? Let's have a thought experiment. Everybody close your eyes for those who are not married. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Don't worry. Nothing. I'm not putting you in a trance. <laughs> then close your eyes. How did you know you were not closing his eyes? <laughs> Think of yourself looking absolutely fly, like the person talking to you. <laughs> You're walking on a beach somewhere in the Caribbean. Your legs going through the sand. And you look behind you, is a condo. Nice swimming pool, white, wood, trees around it, nice food, some fruit, coconuts. And then you look again forward, the beach is as clear as crystal. Seashells all around. Peace. Some classical music playing. You're there. Just you. And you're 75. Oh. <laughs> Some of you have opened up. <laughs> and, and, and you are all alone. So people are already saying, it's not my portion. I, that thought, God banished it. I, you start looking for scriptures. If, they, if a pastor tells you to close your eyes and imagine something, does that mean that he has already prophesied into your future? Have I received it? You now start saying all those prayers. Can you entertain the thought of being 75 and never being married? Now, maybe you say the thought is there. How much of anxiety does that fill you with? The next time you hear of yet another, you get another IV, yet another IV, and you figure out that no guy has actually told you that they liked you in the last two and a half years. And you're getting another IV for, you know those five friends, that five of you were tight in uni, tight in uni. The IV you just got now, is number four is getting married. It's you that is left. The other three, they have children now, you call them, they don't return your calls. When they eventually, when you eventually, they eventually pick up your call on the 12th time, it's their children that are answering the phone. And now I'm saying, imagine that you probably will never get married. So you got that idea, and you're like, God, I'm the last. I am the last. And say, well, you know, they carry last. Area, anybody in the house? Area. All right. Uh, What's that draw? Papa, draw. Okay, okay. You say, like, when are we getting married? 
July 12th, father. <laughs> Before July 12th, two of us will get married on the same day. Draw, Abby. But the thought of it, I remember preaching somewhere once, and the message that I was preaching on was the fulfilled single. How to be fulfilled as single. And I said something like this. I said, it is okay to be single. The Bible actually accepts that you can be single for life. Some of you here are going to be single for life, and guess what? It's okay. I said that. <laughs> At the end of the message, somebody who, she always liked me. She's always liked me. She's always been respectful to me. Just came, said, Pastor Femi, that word that you said, please take it back because it's not for me. <laughs> so it's not for me. I'm 36 and I will not get my. How can you say that? How can you say that's God's will for She was just attacking me. And I said, it's the Bible, it's not me. And some of you, we get to that thought, we get for that, you hear that message, you say, ah, it's okay to be single, it's possible that you can't be single. And you say, it's a nice word. Ah, you know that aunt that is 48. I wish she was here. I wish that my aunt that is 48 is here to know that it's okay. Obviously, it doesn't apply to me, <laughs> but for her. So the thought of being single, perpetually single all your life. I'm not saying whether you think about that and you love it. I am saying, does it fill you with anxiety? You know the difference between fear and anxiety? Fear is, fear is that feeling you get, or being afraid and anxiety. Af being afraid is the fear of the known. It's the fear of the known. And usually, you know, the devil we know is better, they say, than the angel we don't know. At least I know if this thing happens, this is what I need to do to deal with it. If I get cancer, they say you can, if it's at stage one, you can deal with, you know, the fear of the, the, the known. The thing that gets us is anxiety. Anxiety, why it trips us up, almost like a double jeopardy, is the fear of the unknown. Some of us are thinking, hey, what if I, what if I, no, I like, perish the thought. And that fills us with dread. And some of you think, uh, uh, if I don't think about it, it is better because that would be wisdom. If I think about it in my life, then it will happen to me. That would be foolishness. So only think about the positive things. So the thought of not being married, the fear of that drives you. Whereas the Bible says there's only one kind of fear that leads to wisdom. You know what that is? The fear of the Lord. If the fear of being unmarried dreads you more than the fear of the Lord, then could it be that you're living as a restless wanderer? Number three. In spite of what numerous others are saying, are you the only one maintaining the fact that you are not being emotionally abused or being cheated on in your relationship? I can't tell you how many people I've met. Come back, they're now crying. Or come back, you know, telling me, Know that that guy was a bum. He really was. He really was a bum. And I said, why? Is that bastard. He was cheating on me. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Now, do you know what's wrong? As in, I'm not saying calling him a bastard is, is right, all right? Some of you say, no, honestly, if you know this guy, he was a bastard. <laughs> if you know what he did to me. But what was wrong with that statement is, which is, is the, can you imagine? Because not only have I not imagined it, 
I have told you about it. And not only did I don't tell you about it, all your friends were telling you about it. And you know what you were telling your friends when they were telling you about it? You know what you called your friends? Haters. <laughs> because we all know what haters are going to do. Haters are going to what? They're going to hate. How, how can you tell me this guy, this guy? And so he shouts on me sometimes, and he shouts, he loses his temper totally. But have you never heard in any of those marriage seminars that no, no marriage is perfect? Do you think any relationship will be perfect? He only shouts sometimes. It doesn't make him abusive. Eh, okay, fine. He shouted on me in public. Let me tell you something. Do you know why he shouted on me in public? Unlike your husband or your other boyfriend, he is authentic. <laughs> I'd rather have him being authentic. He doesn't hide. He's straight up. What you see with him is what you get. I'm sure your own boyfriend shouts on you, but you just don't want to come and say it. Why? Because you are a hater. Many people are telling you, many people are showing you signs that this person is not, this person, let me tell you guys and ladies, especially ladies, many of the signs that you see in a relationship, you see a guy lose his temper in front of other people twice in front of you. Do you know what usually that points to? Because in any relationship, in most relationships, it's not really pretense. We all are at our best behaviors. That's just the way it is, isn't it? Right? When you want to meet someone for the first time, right? Normally, you just, that's when you put, how many of you have, you are, you, uh, there was a date that you are, you are going out on? First date. First date. Oh. Ladies, lie. <laughs> I'm told, I will dare you. On your first date, you did not put on makeup and you did not put on your wig. I'm not talking about, okay, there are two of them, right? Lola, I think you should be putting on the wig, by the way, just saying. <laughs> in fact, some people will say that that's the reason why you're here in this, in, this, uh, in this event. You know, that's why. I'm not, I'm just joking. But you put on makeup. Lola, you didn't put on makeup on your first date. Uh, you, didn't put on, you didn't put lip gloss. No lip gloss. No lip gloss. No powder. You are now you're lying. Okay. How did that date end up for you? It ended badly. Exactly. What's wrong? What's up with that? Where are you getting your, your dating advice from? See me later. All right. Most of the time. First date, first date, physically appearance. It's the same thing on Facebook. You don't put your worst picture on Facebook. Facebook came out. Well, I remember when Facebook came out in the early uh, mid-90s, I jumped on it, and um, I was... Sorry, did I say 90s? Yeah. All right. Mid-2000, a wise man once said, idea is need. All right. So let's just move on. So mid-2000s came up, and I was, I, I went for a gig somewhere, and, you know, we're all taking pictures, and, uh, no, no, I had, I had a, a party, I invited people, you know, they were eating, it was nice, it was, it was, uh, it was in Nigeria, so we went to a Nigeria restaurant, people were, had not eaten, you know how these things are abroad, you just, you keep eating leaves, salad, all of those things, Nigeria food is expensive, so imagine I was having my birthday, I invited them to a Nigeria restaurant, and they could eat, you know, free, you know, I was, yeah, I was, yeah. I was the chop life, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> so I was, I was feeling I was the talk of the town. Now, imagine you know, what, what can make you the talk of the town. They invited people to Nigeria restaurant. It shows you how people suffer when they are broke. <laughs> so people were eating, and I started taking pictures. And two of these ladies, you know, eating amala, you know, putting it inside, whatever. 
Some of them were just getting on Facebook. So I was, after the whole event, I put all the pictures on Facebook. Because that is authenticity, isn't it? We should be, I put it, that's about 13, 14 years ago. Till now, some of those women are not talking to me. It's like, are you trying to spoil my market? You know, put the thing, tear it down. On our first, our first impressions, we are on our best behavior. And when you have not entered into a full-blown relationship in marriage, in relationships, many times, you know, early on, everybody's on their first behavior. Even when you're upset about a thing, you say, don't worry, it's okay, I forgive you. <laughs> you know, you just, you laugh everything off. So in that place where everyone is on their best behavior, this guy has exploded before you twice, in front of people that he doesn't even know that are meant to be your friends. Let me tell you something. That is not being him being honest about his normal behavior. That is him being at his best behavior. What do you think will happen when you guys get married? No, he didn't slap you at that point because he was at his best behavior. Wait until you get married. And so people tell you, your friends tell you, your counselors tell you, but you don't do it. You know why you don't do it? You keep saying, I'm sure there's nothing God cannot change. God can do the impossible. You start quoting all these scriptures to fit into your status of desperation. Why? Because you know that this marriage or you believe that this marriage is going to be the thing that will eventually settle me down. Maybe he's also a restless wanderer. He needs me in marriage. That is what is going to calm him down. Are you in a relationship that everyone is telling you this person is abusing you? Are you in a relationship where everybody is texting you? I saw this, your guy with this lady at this point. You said maybe it's not him. Uh, somebody has told me that, that he has like a, 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 somebody around in Lagos that looks like a twin like him. No, there's no way. He will never do that to me. He promised me. I texted him. I told him this is what they said. Look at the text he said. He said, I swear. I will never do that to you. Oh, that, that settles it. He swore. <laughs> I, you know, if you were to analyze somebody else in your own exact situation, you would tell the person break up, but you cannot break up. Why? Because you feel that this particular relationship ending in marriage is what is going to eventually settle me down. Number four. What excites you more? Morning devotions with God or a DM or text from that special someone? You know how it is now. You know. First of all, let me say that I thank God that you are even still doing morning devotions. I thank God. That's credible. But you know what I mean. You didn't sleep very well at night. Once you and this new person have started talking, this interesting person, you know what I mean by interesting person? So you guys are not going out to it's not, you guys met each other at single in Lagos, right? Look to this person right next to you. You don't know? You don't know. I, or should I even just enter prophetic mode right now? All right. The person right next, Ben, who, ah, uh, no, no. She, she's beyond your league, Ben. All right? All right. I hope back that prophecy. Well, I can, I can tell him that I pay his salary. Don't worry. He's not, he's not, he's not upset. But you know how when... That, 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 that moment of, you're not yet in a relationship. You're not yet in a relationship, but you guys have, there are signs. 
You know, there's a little bit of, did she smile like that? This kind of, wow, you are one of the most interesting people I've ever, I've ever encountered. Wow, 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 really? Are you just saying that to flatter me or you're saying that to, I, I, don't, I don't do well with flattery. Please continue. <laughs> you know, you start sending unnecessary texts. So where are you now? What are you up to? Oh, what, how, you're, you're in the office, really? Uh, uh, what's the color of your office? <laughs> and you think that's such a stupid text? It's just that the, pro, the other person is very interested. See, it's right now blue with red roses around. So that interesting place, like, is she interested? Is she not interested? Is she, you don't understand. So every notification now, you're just waiting for that person to drop. And so you guys have tried to say goodbye at 11. You know, it's now, OK, I'll, we'll talk tomorrow, all right? So take care. Yeah, take care. I hope you sleep well. Yeah, I really hope you also sleep well. Uh, okay. So eventually, it's about 12.30. You've been trying to say bye-bye, 11. It's 12.30. And so you try and sleep. You try. You try, you try and sleep. And then it's like 2.30. And you that never goes to the toilet overnight, you now say, ah, I think I should get up and go to the toilet. This, I want to go to the toilet. You, you put it on, it's not on silent. You start hearing notification sounds in your head. <laughs> so that it's now getting to the time of morning devotion, and you want to check your phone, but you know that, ah, as a Christian, I should, I should, I should do my morning devotion. So, so you quickly, you know, normally you used to read two chapters a day. That's the time you now start using rhapsodies or realities. Just give me, give me one verse. Let me read it. God, you're okay. Fine. Hey, what? Ah! <laughs> yeah, no. What excites you more? Meeting with God. Being refreshed. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Are you pondering the faithfulness of God? Or you are pondering only the excitement of this pseudo, new, new pseudo relationship? What fills you with more excitement as you wake up in the morning? Four, I need to, uh, five, let's, let's start rushing before I bring this to close. In frequency of occurrence, which topic ranks higher when conversing with your closest friends? God, Christianity, or relationships and marriage? Really, as in when you meet your closest friends, you know those ones, that one that lives in Abuja, this one, and you live in Lagos? It's not like you guys don't talk. You talk, you chat. You are now, both of you are now in Abuja. Both of you are in Lagos. What do you spend the most of your, your hours together talking about? I, find, I can even remove God. I can just say relationships and every other thing else. And relationships will still come. Now, I'm not saying that sometimes when you guys meet, I'm not trying to be a Scrooge and say every time you guys meet, if you are spending three hours with each other, two and a half hours has to be about God. That's, not, that's, not, that's unrealistic. But I'm saying by most of the time, with your closest friends, is, are you only just talking about girls? If that is the case, remember, because we are comparing, Cain's problem was that he was wandering away from the presence of God. Do you ever talk about how you guys are growing in faith or how I'm actually losing my faith? Or you pepper all over that and say, this guy, this girl, this whatever. Finally, are you dating or have you started considering dating someone you shouldn't? 
perhaps of a different religion, no religion, or a form of Christianity so different from yours. You know what I'm talking about. You, 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 you know what I'm talking about. At this point now, you have already started saying, who even told you that we are Catholics don't even believe the same thing, sir? We are sure we believe. All these things, this is what is dividing Christianity. This is just what is dividing. I actually think that Mary is very, very important. <laughs> Why isn't she, the, isn't she the mother of Jesus? You honestly, really think about it. If you want to reach a guy, you know they say mo mother's boy. Mother's boy, if you want to reach a guy, what if Jesus is not really happy with you? You go through his mom. And I just don't want, I don't want all these things. You know, God, John 17, God said that they may be one. That they may be one. That's what God prayed for. And now we are just divided. Somebody say, I'm Catholic, I'm Protestant, I'm Baptist, I'm Pentecostal. Are we not all just Christian? You are saying all of that. You know why? You like her. I'll just say it. You like her. Or some will say, do you know that I found that the most honest people in this world is Jehovah's Witness? They are the most honest. They are the most honest people. Christians are just hypocrites. They're just hypocrites. And, okay, yes, I know he's a Muslim, eh? But he likes to sing Tokwe Alabi songs. <laughs> Do you understand? As in, he, can, he even knows more Tokwe Alabi songs than me. After all, Muslims and Christians, are we not just worshipping? Same God. No, that's not what's going on. What's going on is that you are now 38 and you are not yet married. That's actually what's going on. Because at 28, you knew the clear difference why you couldn't marry that person. Some of you are already in a relationship where you are now saying, eh. When they say that, we shouldn't be kissing and touching each other. Show me where in the Bible. Show me. There's no place in the Bible that says it. Don't, don't, no, 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 don't give me all these religious, religious things. Just give me, is it there? Is there in the Bible that, which chapter, which verse? That's not the problem. The problem is that he's telling you that if you don't do that with him, that eventually it's going to break up. And you are 35. And you have had eight relationships, and this looks like the promising one. We are in relationships, or we have started to consider relationships that we shouldn't even be considering at all. Guys, I've only given you six. I've only given you six. I could give you more. But before you quickly say to that aunt, I am settled. I am settled. Don't give me all this nonsense about getting being settled. Before you say that, consider, are you really settled? Is God your ultimate pleasure? Because you are wandering away from him. And any time we wander away from him, we will be restless. And any time we are restless and unsettled, we will look for something, another destination to be able to settle us. And that's why even though your aunt is really annoying to you, her question is true, even though she's proposing the wrong answer. So how then can we be settled? How then can we find rest? Well, it's really simple, isn't it? 
wandering away from God is what gives us restlessness, then it's about turning back. But how we turn back is really important. Because there are so many discussions about God and offerings about how to be very spiritual with God on, off- on display today. But listen to these words. All things have been committed to me by my, fi- my father. No one knows the son except the father, and no one knows the father except the son. And those to whom the son chooses to reveal him, come to me. Someone say, come to me. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. There's hope for your restlessness. And very simple. I know it's in church. I know the answer to every, every question in church is what? Jesus. And that's the truth. You will never truly be settled. You will never truly be restful until you turn back to God through Jesus Christ. You see, the answer through Jesus is answers both the direction and the destination. Because when you look to Jesus as your destination, guess what happens to your direction? Your direction goes the right way. And it is when we find rest in Jesus, when we find rest in Jesus, then all those created things that we try to find rest in, we now know how to handle them. And in fact, I will now now start thinking, oh, is it because I am unwealthy that I need wealth? No, whether you are wealthy or unwealthy. Paul said, I have learned I have learned the secret of what? Contentment. How to abase and to abound. Why? Because he had found his rest in who? Jesus. Whether you are um, uh, obscure or you are famous, the obscurity does not crush you, but the fame does not make you puffed up. Why? Because all that matters is whether I am known, I am famous with God through Jesus Christ. And whether or not you um, have a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, or maybe you don't even have any tertiary degree, it really doesn't matter. You are settled because you are complete in who? In Christ. And whether you are in Nigeria or you are in Canada, please don't go to Canada, (laughs) all right? (laughs) Let's just say you find your rest in him. And of course, whether you are single or you are married. The next time auntie asks you that question, when are you going to settle down? Don't say, auntie, I'm settled because have you not seen my car? Auntie, I'm settled because can you not see that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? Auntie, I'm settled because can you not see that I have this fantastic job When are you going to affirm me for being settled with all the things I have? No. When next she asks you that question, say, Auntie, I'm settled. Why? Because I found my rest in Christ, even though I am single. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so far for what you have spoken to us. We ask that you enable us to contemplate and to um, see areas of our lives where we need to apply this. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos.